This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Grit Persixty Podcast, Dems to Breaks edition. Um, you like that one? Yeah, I like that one. That voice you just heard is the one and only from the Independent Alligator. Hey everyone, I'm Brendan Farrell. You can call me TCJ, and I'm joined with live from the First Coast. Who are you? Uh, um, you can call me TC. My name's Connor Farrell. Um, we're brothers. We talk about hockey. We talk about the Jets, apparently. Um, and we are from Florida. Don't ask questions. No, it's just it's just our, kind of our shtick. It is, in fact, kind of our shtick. Don't mind the high-pitched guitar strings that are vibrating. I, I can't hear it, so you're good. Okay. Um, so we just watched the Jets play a hockey game. And I'm not saying that ironically for the first time in a while, they played a hockey game against the Avalanche. We're a good team and lost for nothing. One team had 40 shots. The other team had 25. Now, if I were to tell you that the, the Avalanche had four goals and the Jets had zero, which team had 40 shots? Uh, my guess would be the Avalanche. Well, you would be wrong. And so are you, patient listener, unless you watch the game, in which case you're right. Because oh, I, want, I can't use my four-letter words on this podcast. Um, because logic, that's why. I'm glad you got yourself out of that situation by using a five-letter word. <laughs> you know exactly what I mean by four-letter words. Don't even... Yeah, I got you. I got you. Play. All right. Um, but, you know, this, this is my fault. You want to know why... Oh, I was going to take the blame for it. No, this is my fault. Why is it your fault? Oh, it's partially your fault too, but it's also partially my fault. Why is it your fault? And that I talked about how much um, I wasn't buying into the Jets because they weren't driving play at five on five that well. Yes. Right. And then they proved me wrong tonight with their best game of the season in terms of like Corsi four percentage. And they lost. <laughs> but – you, hey, you, 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 wait, you, you know what's coming, right? What? Are you ready for it? Wait for it. Wait Regret. for it. Okay. Wait for it. 
Just watch the game, nerd. I, I thought you were going to say regression to the mean, but okay. Just watch the game, nerd. Well, you because you were talking about your fancy play driving stats, and they lost. So, where have your stats gotten you? Anyway. Watch. Um, the game. Clearly. The final score is 4 nothing. The Avalanche clearly outplayed the Jets. What if I told you sometimes the scoreboard lies? But the, the scores are numbers. Anyway, uh, let, let's, let, let's delve into how this game happened. But lead is heavier than feathers. <laughs> <sighs> I love that you just know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, TC, why don't you get us started? Don't bore us with actual hockey talk, Brennan. This is way more fun when we just chew the fat um, and kind of talk about the Jets. So, yeah. So, this is how I would sum up this game. I, and this is also why I think this game was my fault. I wanted Warner. I said so on the podcast. I wanted Warner. We got Warner, kind of. But we did get Warner. I no longer want Warner. I would pref- I would much pref- <laughs> much rather play Bama in American football than to face Warner. That's not true. That's that's absolutely not true, but you get the point. Right. Do not want Warner. Give me Grubauer, I guess. So, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Uh, Kale McCarr got the goal scoring started in the first period. Once again, Jets not scoring the first goal of the game. But, hold on. Before we get there. So, Warner didn't start the game. Frank Coos started the game. I'm probably mispronouncing that. What what did Frank Coos do, Brendan? Yeah, the only thing Frank Coos did was get run over. See, it was way funnier when we did it naturally. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, so Kale McCarr is hashtag good at hockey to the surprise of maybe five people. Um, and I would say, even to this point, the game was pretty back and forth, pretty close for his period as far as um, – and, TJ, I don't know if you've got the play-driving metrics in front of you, um, but to me, watching this game, it looked like the Jets were at the very least putting up a good fight against the Avalanche. And then I think it was three minutes left in the first period. Uh, Kale McCarr was just like, yeah, I'm just going to shimmy around these two defenders and flick my wrist real quick and score. And that's what happened. Yeah, it sounds sounds about right. Oh, there's a minute left in the first period. Yeah. I wish I knew which defensemen were out there because Kale McCarr made that look way too easy. I mean, it was a fantastic move, and I don't want to take anything away from that. But he did beat – my mind is messing with me now because I thought there were two defensemen out there. Now my mind – my memory is saying there might have only been one. Either way – but you're talking, you're talking about the shot metrics, though. It, it cracks me up 
that the Jets out attempted the Avalanche 43 to 19 in the second and third periods and were outscored three nothing because you know what hockey doesn't like you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I hope you know what I've learned my lesson and I hope the hockey gods are happy. So, yeah, to me, it, it's it's frustrating to like actually see a good, decent performance from the Jets at five on five. Like I know some might say, "Hey, um, the Jets only outshot them because they were losing." And it's like, well, the game was one nothing through two periods. First of all, yeah, and even if you take scoring, it was like score effects into play here. They helped tempted them like sixty two and a half percent to like thirty seven point four percent. Like, yeah. that's not just score effects. Like, that's just them playing well. They played two really solid periods. And then the third period happened. And the wheels kind of fell off the wagon. Um, and it's not so much that I thought that the Jets were bad at times. It was more so just that every mistake ended up with a goal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is, that is true. But I, I, I do think that they were significantly worse than the third period. Just from watching this, this is just the eye test. I don't have the advanced metrics in front of me like you do, probably. But um, I always have the advanced metrics in front of me. Never doubt me. Yeah, but do you have them? You have like the chart where it goes by time. You can see the flow change throughout the game. Yeah, I got that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, excuse me for doubting you. Come on, um, man. It, so back me up. Was the third period significantly worse than the first two periods? No, the third period was technically their best. Like I said, like scoring effects kind of play a role in that, obviously. Um, okay, how about the first five to ten minutes of the third period? Uh, I mean, it was kind of – I mean, it was still a slight edge to the Jets. But the thing that I wanted to bring up was okay. – this has nothing to do with shot metrics. Okay, go for it. Um, is that I mentioned when we were previewing this game, and I was like, hey – I think that the 1C matchup between Mark Shifley and Nathan McKinnon will be an interesting one to watch. I think it will be pretty impactful on the game. (laughs) And first of all, when the question is Nathan McKinnon or any top son that's not named Sidney Crosby or Connor David, the answer is Nathan McKinnon. (laughs) And now I really want to watch like a Cole Harbor off. Just Nathan McKinnon and Sidney Crosby, three-on-three overtime. They get their two best teammates with them. Just winner is crowned king of Cole Harbor. Right. But here, here's – here's we talk about, okay, where did things go wrong for the Jets tonight? Here's the answer. Nathan McKinnon's really good, and he made, like, everything that he created just kind of ended up in the back of the Jets' net. I will say, though – okay, sorry, continue. He had four points tonight. (laughs) Yeah, that is very true. But, I mean, one of those points was a pass to Kale McCarr, and Kale McCarr did did the rest. You know, he made that goal happen. Um, Nathan McKinnon's first goal was the Avalanche got the puck below the red line, like I mentioned on the last podcast, and that gave – put a lot of space in front of the net because the defenseman went to the boards – and the forwards were still at the point. So Nathan McKinnon just went into that space. And Matt Calvert dished the puck off the boards into the space. And Nathan McKinnon put it home because there was nobody in front of the net. Um, 
Right. And then second goal was, uh, oh, the Jets just turned it over, but um, Kulikov is going to go to the bench and get a change while um, Neil Pionk is out of position. And, oh, there goes Nathan McKinnon on a breakaway with nobody anywhere in, like, Lucas Sabiza diving behind him because he just came off the bench and is definitely out of position because of that. And then I don't even really like that fourth goal was just a, you know, a mess. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. But you know, like it wasn't even a great night for Nathan McKinnon at five on five, really like, like shot metrics wise, like his main line of Calvert and Donskoy was out attempted 15 to eight, but it doesn't matter when you put up four points, granted three of them, only three of them were at five on five. But at that point, it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's, you can't give him these opportunities, is my point. Right. And Like, he's, he's Nathan McKinnon. He's going to make you pay for that if you give him the opportunity. And the Jets gave him the opportunity. And to me, it's not just so much as Nathan McKinnon's skill. Because that's, like, like, he's one of the most skilled players in the game. Oh, absolutely. But he's also, like, the second fastest, like, star player in the league, too. Yes. I mean, the, the, the guy's got wheels. And here's the other thing. He's got a four-point night, and he's missing his two preferred wingmates. There's two guys that he would like to play with, both hurt. He's playing with Matt Calvert and Jonas Donskoy, as I pointed out in the preview, who are both good players. They're just not Gabriel Landeskog and um, – help me out. Miko Rantanen. Miko Rantanen. Thank you. It's been a long night. I'm sorry. Did you know, um, that, did you know that Miko is a five-letter word that you couldn't think of? um like he's doing it with with guys that he's not using like this is impressive to me he's matt calvert who i still don't have an opinion on looks like a good hockey player because he's playing with nathan mckinnon and hey Jonas donskoy is backing up my opinion of him back in san jose and that he was very underappreciated player and hey playing with one of the best players in the league and hey look what happens well in san jose when he was on the team they had enough depth where he was going to be playing on the third line and most third line forwards are going to get overshadowed by let's see at least six other skaters maybe up to eight yeah except he was healthy scratched in the playoffs for michael haley but i digress <laughs> Like, just saying the name Michael Haley just sent shivers down my spine. Uh, no, no, not today. You know, and I don't want to be too negative because the Jets did look good. There were some things that looked encouraging today that just it, it didn't go in the net. It wasn't their night. But I do want to say, can we stop it with the whole Neil Pionk and um, Kulikov pairing, please? I get the idea that you, is that you want to put a defensively responsible defenseman with an offensively talented defenseman, right? Because right. Neil Pionk is going to be out of position. He's going to cheat up and he's going to get out of position. He's going to try to play the puck and you need a defensively reliable defenseman behind him. But, and that's kind of, I guess, the perception of Kulikov, but he's not a defensively reliable defenseman, or at least, I mean, I guess he can be, but 
he's not he's not Morrissey, you know. He's not that kind of guy. He's not a guy that you want to give tough minutes to. Neil Pionk is going to earn tough minutes because he's good on the puck. Yeah. Just, so, is there anybody else we could put them with? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. This this whole defensive core is a mess. But here's well, something I, I, I you, Okay, you said the whole defensive core is a mess. I do think I want to suggest Nathan Bolu and Pionk as a second pair. I, I think just that. Uh, I just think at this point you're shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. You know. But Bolu's fine. He's not great. He's not good, but he's fine. I think he's an upgrade. If you want to put a reliable defenseman with Pionk, I think Bolu is your best bet if you're not going to put Morrissey with them. Well, I'm going to kind of change topics here. What? I'm going to kind of change topics here again. Fine. <laughs> Don't give me feedback on my excellent idea. Because it is an excellent I mean, idea. I, I gave you the general feedback of I don't think it really matters. <laughs> But the one thing I wanted to I wanted to float this, jets. Sorry. I, I wanted to float this one out there is okay. that because I, I talked a lot about how the Jets were good at five on five tonight. Is that uh, I don't know if there's any sort of data to back this up other than just looking at like expected save percentage numbers. But I, I, I want to say this was one of those nights where because um, Adam Werner was playing in his first NHL game that the Avalanche were trying to just go 100% defense after they got the lead, you know? Maybe. But you could still, I mean, just from watching the game, for most of the second period, you could see um, the, the Jets were creating quality chances. They were getting to the slot. Um, in the third period, Tucker Pullman almost scored from the low slot of all people. And if that had happened, that would have just been the podcast because what I, I didn't really want to talk about the rest of the game, um, given the way it went. Uh, but as it happened, it was saved because apparently Warner is good. Um, because I wonder if it was up there because the Jets were held to under two expected goals tonight at 5 on 5. Really? Yeah. Hmm. See, I didn't think that – I mean, hmm, I think they should have had two, maybe three goals just from the eye test. Yeah, uh, if you go all situations, it's two goals. Hmm. I mean, 1.8 is basically two goals anyway. I mean, I didn't – I mean, they had a couple power plays, but they weren't particularly dangerous. No. no. Um, I mean, there were only five power plays in this game too. Right. And two of them weren't until late in the third period when the game was pretty much already decided. Yeah, they were kind of weird penalties, too. Um, here's I want to throw something out there, and I don't know if you saw the same thing, but it looked – there. he had a couple shots late in the third period, but other than that, I thought Patrick Laine was invisible. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, I, I generally very good at noticing guys, like – Ellers, who I, I desperately want to be a flyer, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. And if it does happen, the flyers are going to overpay for him through a, a trade with, I don't know. Um, 
Jack Roslovic looked very active. Blake Wheeler looked active today. Um, that sort of I didn't notice like I didn't really notice Line A that much. Yeah, uh, like, I, I think I think that's fair. I mean, you know, I feel like you say that anytime Line A doesn't score, and not just because that's like a like well, a in, like an inherent bias thing. It's, like that's just that's just no, Line A's value. No, I mean yes and no. Yes, that is his value, but over this course of the season, we've been complimenting him on how he's doing the things like winning the puck back. He's setting up players for for goals, and today it looked like he didn't do that. That might have just been me. But that was my take. One of my takeaways from today's game. Do you have any other any other big takeaways from tonight's game? Um, I don't know. Do we need to fill time? No, not really. I just wanted to know if you had anything else you wanted to mention before uh, moving on. But I nope. did want to say that um, Adam Werner was apparently. I saw this on Twitter that he was the first avalanche goaltender to have a shutout in his first NHL game. Really? Yes. And oh, that, that also him. that also makes him the first goaltender in the in the uh, in franchise history to win NHL debut in relief too. Ooh. Good for him. Yeah. But uh, apparently, I'm looking at another tweet. This one's from Adrian uh, Dater. That apparently Adam Werner will not get official credit for a shutout because he didn't play a full 60 minutes. What? Yeah. Um. Excuse me, Mr. Bettman, sir. He played 59 and a half minutes. Yeah. So. We can debate the semantics of the NHL stacking thing, but that's what happened. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. Listen, who do we even appeal this to? I say we take it right to Gary Bettman's desk. Don't ask questions. If the security guards stop you, just keep walking. Break the doors down. Ask him very pointed questions. Like, he deserves a shutout. If you just smuggle a plaque into the Hockey Hall of Fame and just put it in somewhere and nobody notices, does it just stay there? <laughs> Is this the, the opposite of burglary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, buy like a random like glove, like a hot, like a goaltender's glove, and like, just find a way to like, Ninja your way into the Hockey Hall of Fame and like put it in a display case with a nice little plaque on it and say this was Adam Warner's glove when he shut out the Jets. I think somebody got him a puck for that game, right? Yeah, I, I would assume. I hope it says first NHL shutout on it because that's what he that's what he had. He had a shutout. He earned that. You cannot tell me he didn't earn a shutout in today's game. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. But let's get back to straight-up Jets content here. Let's look at the Jets' upcoming schedule because that's what Ooh, we do right here. Who wants to talk about the Jets? But, hey, but they're, they're coming down to our neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. Should we have – we should have planned this out and tried to get tickets. Mm. 
but they're playing the Panthers on Thursday. The Panthers who just came back despite being down four, nothing on the road to the Bruins, they come back and they win that game and shoot out and the Tampa Bay lightning who have just kind of been in a season long funk so far, but they still are the Tampa Bay Lightning. They still are the Tampa Bay Lightning. I thought they played well in Sweden. I didn't hear anything after that, though. They might have know. just been playing the Sabres, so I don't I don't know how much to take away from that. I don't know if um, they haven't played since they came back from uh, Sweden. Have they not? I don't know. I just figured with you know the flights and everything, they'd get like a week off or something. I cannot believe we, we missed the opportunity to go see the Jets in person. Um, it's not a great time for me right now. So, But my personal problems aside, okay. uh, they, they get an interesting, at the very least, uh, Panthers team right now. Yes. Coach Q. Yeah, the Panthers currently sit in the third place in the Atlantic Division behind the Canadiens and the Bruins. They have 23 points right now in 18 games. Mm-hmm. Bob Borowski hasn't been all that in a bag of chips this year, but nah. you know he can buy lots and lots of bags of chips with his new contract. Hasn't really mattered as the Panthers have been good enough to overcome that. Yep. Who are you looking forward to watching? I mean, the answer is always, when it comes to the Panthers, Alexander Barkov. The underrated Alexander Barkov? No, the properly rated Alexander Barkov. <laughs> I will not hear that he's underrated anymore. <laughs> he's underrated. Get over it. He's just eternally underrated. The man won an NHL award at that point. Between that and the fact that he topped the athletic, I think it was the athletics uh, NHL survey of for most underrated player, Barkov is no longer underrated. And anyone who says that he is, I'm sorry, you're just wrong. I'm sorry, but the, the Panthers have a player with the last name of Uyghur. It's just a silly name. Is that just a Weezer cover band? Uyghur. <laughs> Uyghur. Um, yeah, I gotta agree with you, Barkov probably. Um, Aaron Eckblad stands out to me. I mean, former number one overall pick, Aaron Eckblad. Does Keith Yandel still have legs? I mean, he physically has legs. Yeah, but is he? Isn't he older? Yeah, but I mean, he's still a decent player. Still a decent player. All right, who? Who's the grittiest player on the Panthers? I will go first. Anton Strawman. Strawman's a decent one. Um, I was going to go with Brian Boyle. Okay. Because Wait. to me, he's everything that like Ooh. the old-fashioned type guys love. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, he's known for like all of the – like, I feel like Brian Boyle is like the classic trade deadline acquisition. Yeah. And that you get him for like to win faceoffs and like penalty kill for some reason, right? And because he's good in the room. And he's, all, he's also 6'6, 245. 6'6, 245, good in the room. That's, just, oh, that's a little bit better than Anton Strawman, isn't it? As far as grit, 
I thought I had it with Anton Strowman. For once, I thought I had you beat. No, I, I, I am so good at this game. You don't even I know. gotta go with Brian Boyle. <laughs> Plus, Strawman's only five. We'll literally bring him in just because he's a good leader. Strawman, That's it. Strawman's also 5'11". So. Is he? I thought he was taller than that. No, he's 5'11". But he's, he's kind of a hefty 5'11", because he's 186 pounds. But. That's not that. Did you say 186 pounds? Yeah. That's not that much. I mean, he's heavier than I am, and I'm taller. <laughs> That's Okay, but you're not a hockey player. No, but I just wanted to throw that out. There. He also has muscle, Brendan. Yeah, I know, but still, I I I just thought that's not that eighty six pounds is still a little no. bit on the meaty side. That's like a little bit heavier than I am. Anyway, uh, do you have any other points you want to bring up about the Panthers other than their group mm. for sixty champion? Nope. Other than I have no idea who their fourth line is, but. Yeah, I was looking at that too. I was like, yeah, I don't know who these people are. Okay, Daily Faceoff has Anciari on their fourth line, but then also has Anciari under injuries. Next to JC Howerlick. Howerlick? How. I'm putting it. Howerlick. How. Oh, my goodness. Horick? My goodness. That is a name and a half. I am rambling today. Yeah, but um, Achiari, I'm going with that. Uh, he played against the Bruins, so I think he'll be back in the fold for the Jets game. See, but that literally changes like 0% of my prediction. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so what's your prediction? Three two Jets in overtime. I'm gonna go with shootout. Three two Jets and shootout. I'm gonna go with four two Panthers. Three two with an empty netter. Um, uh, to me, it's just the the classic like first game of the road trip sort of thing. But and we'll we'll briefly talk about the Lightning before wrapping things up because we've been going on for a little bit. Oh, have we? I didn't want to bury the light. I, I haven't been keeping track of time, but I'm just going to assume that we've been running a little long because it's felt like we've been running a little long. I'm eye testing the length of our podcast tonight. Okay. Yeah. So, Lightning, everybody you think that you should be watching, you should be watching probably. Uh, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos. Daily Faceoff has Braden Point as the one C and Steven Stamkos as the two C. That is interesting. All right. Uh, point plays with Kucherov, Hadman, Sergachev. You, you know the players. Everybody yeah. knows these guys. They've been in the playoffs at the, a billion times. Haven't won anything. No, I mean, they've won the Eastern Conference a couple of times. Or well, once. Who cares? Okay. I will give you a chance to redeem yourself. Oh, goodness. With your first pick. <laughs> for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who is your grid for 60 champion? Oh, there's there. I I can think of two options. Unfortunately, Dan Girardi isn't on the team anymore because that would have been yeah, my would, answer. That would have been too easy. Ooh, that's a third option. But I have one definite answer. I want to know what yours is. I'm gonna. 
Kevin Shattenkirk. Come on. <laughs> Is it Ryan McDonough? No. Patrick Maroon. Thank you. <laughs> Patrick Maroon was the third one that I thought of. That was like, oh, that's that's tempting. Dude, I Pat- thought I was going to go with Alex Killorn, but I don't know how tall Alex Killorn is. Dude, Pat Maroon is coming off a Stanley Cup championship. He has he's he's 6'2", 236. He's over the age of 30. Yeah. And he has almost as many penalty minutes as he does points this year. Yikes. That's a gripper 60 champion right there. Yep. And you know what? In hindsight, Kevin Shattenkirk isn't that gritty. I just thought he was, like, the veteran guy that people pick up to bolster your defense. Yeah. Uh, my other my other thing was going to be Luke Shen. He's pretty gritty. I just didn't even see him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's basically bounced around, I feel like, half the league's bottom pairings just to be the gritty guy. Oh, and they're anchoring Mikhail Sergachev to Luke Shen. Yeah. R.I.P. Sergi. Yeah. So. Sergi, is that his nickname? That's what I'm sticking with. I don't know. I mean, knowing hockey player nicknames, that's probably uh, correct. I blanked on whether I should say correct or right, and it came out as both. Do it all the time. All right. uh, You have a prediction for the Tampa game? Gut says four nothing Tampa. I, I it's tough. I'm trying to check real quick to see if it's a back to back because sometimes they do that. No, it's not back to back. That's really odd because usually they, they it'll be like uh, Florida Tampa back to back and then you get a day off and then you'll play like Carolina or uh, the Capitals. It's usually how these southeastern swings go, but they get. The Panthers on Thursday, the Lightning on Saturday, and then the Preds on Tuesday. Mm. And then the Stars next Thursday, and then the Blue Jackets next Saturday to wrap up the road swing. Got it. Yep. But I am going to go with a 3-2 Jets win in overtime because that's the only way the Jets win games, apparently. You know what? You stole my idea from the last game. So, all right. Any any closing thoughts? Um, I should have made plans to go to this Tampa game. That is my closing thought. I let everybody down. All right. I think that's going to do it then for another episode of the Grid for Sixty podcast. Thank goodness. <laughs> TC, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at TC underscore 904 and on Instagram at the same handle. You can find me at BeFarrell727 on Twitter. You can find the pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GritPer60Pod. You can find the pod also on iTunes and Spotify. And, of course, any of the Hockey Podcast Network pages. Their SoundCloud page is seemingly where we have most of our views coming from. So check that out because that's where they'll go first. But with that being said, thanks everyone for listening and have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.